1: In the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to tackle some difficult issues and uh, questions that I get through email and so forth for all of you, and I know how hard it is when we're dealing with just difficult symptoms of uh, various dementias, and why do they happen? What is going on? What can we do to try to alleviate these problems? So today, I wanted to talk about a couple and i'm going to start with false accusations and paranoia because you know this journey has its ups and downs and sometimes the person is lucid and they can say how scary this is for them other times they just get mad they can be suspicious because we're trying to run their life and for whatever reason they could be come very attached to Objects like a purse, a grocery bag, a book, a piece of jewelry. Um, And if you try to recycle anything or you try to move something, they get super upset because you're doing that and they might want to kick you out of the room. They might want to kick you out of the house. And these are really super hard things to deal with. So maybe one of the things you could do If you are trying to clean up someone's home, if you're just trying to straighten up, you're trying to get rid of the clutter, you know, just pick a room and say, hey, mom, let's reorganize this today and get her to tell stories about the things that you find, you know, little objects throughout the room, uh, things that have been sitting there for a while, make a joke about, oh, geez, this looks like it's, you know, been here a year and a half or something. It's got a lot of dust on it. Jeez, what are we going to do about this? Um, And little by little, you can make some progress. Just try it. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll get halfway through and they'll ask, why are you taking my things? And when that happens, you just have to stop right there at that moment and change directions. Put the object down, start picking up something else, uh, talk about maybe it's lunchtime, you know, whatever you want to do. So why does this happen? Well, imagine what it would be like for you not to know what's happening around you. Or what if you didn't recognize the people in your life? What if you couldn't recognize objects? Uh, Maybe you don't realize that... The thing that you think is an heirloom really isn't. It's just something that just happens to be sitting there. Oh, it happens all the time. And paranoia is a condition that develops, you know, partly through fear as the symptoms of the dementia sets in. And as your person loses the ability to recognize family, friends, a home, their objects, then a struggle develops within side of them, within their their whole soul and being, you know. Uh, They're trying to make sense of it and they're trying to hold on to objects and things, places, people, whatever they can do to make sure they're not going to lose that safety net. They're not going to struggle with with things they don't need to. So that's why they hang on to you as well. That's why they're always, you know, sticking with the person that they feel is their safety blanket, the person that makes them feel safe. So if that person is suddenly going through their things, they're not safe anymore. Now that person's become a liability. Now they've become the enemy because they're coming in and taking things they shouldn't be taking. They were the person I thought I could trust. That's kind of what they what they think, right? So if if they're having an unmet need of of feeling safe and secure and you're putting that in jeopardy, that's where you're going to have emotional, social physical, psychological, environmental issues that are going to cause depression in that person, that's going to cause them to not think as clearly as they could. So as always, we're going to try a redirection skill. You know, you want to play a game of gin rummy, or do you want to take a walk in the park, or you know, feed the geese or, you know, something that would divert their attention temporarily so maybe you could go back into a room or their house later. Um, If your mom, dad, husband, wife, whoever it is, accuses you of moving their favorite vase, even if you didn't do that, this is where therapeutic fibs can help. So you can, you know, approach it calmly, apologize, take the blame. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to to move that. I'll make sure that it's put back where you needed. Even if you didn't do it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just let it go. Don't pick arguments. Don't say, "No, I didn't move that vase. I don't know what you're talking about." And suddenly there's a confrontation that is going to become a power struggle over a a delusion. And you don't need those kinds of stresses. You don't need those kinds of things in your day. So just take the blame. Reassure the person and change the subject to something else. Move on. Let it go. And if they accuse someone else, just stay calm and look for an opportunity to, again, redirect, redirect, redirect. Change the subject to something else. Oh, look at that bird outside. I love this song. Do you remember this song? This is by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. You want to sing with me for a minute? You know, whatever you have to do to divert that worry or that false accusation, so it doesn't become a deep-seated paranoia that they build on and if you have time take the opportunity to take that person that was accused aside and explain the situation of the symptom that is happening with the whatever the dementia is and do it while the other person is distracted and say look don't don't blame the person that's mad at you or paranoid or whatever it is. Blame the disease. They don't know any better. Something's missing. They're just trying to figure it out. Okay? And if you can, keep that person's close friends up to date about the fact that they are having issues with false accusations, delusions, Delusions are thoughts that are not based in truth, but they don't know it, okay? Um, and and prepare them, especially if they're coming over and doing a share the care with you, so that during social outings and times of engagement, they don't react to that action of a delusion and false accusation and they – need some skills to be able to redirect that person to something else, give them some ideas of ways that they can uh, re-engage them in something that's important to them, Uh, music, scenery, just stepping outside, getting some fresh air, whatever it is, okay? Keep that pretty simple. And if You have that share of the care going on, and that family member or friend is coming over and helping with things. Um, Provide them with a little bit of money to keep in that person's purse so that if you can redirect them to going for a walk or something like that, they can open up their purse and. And uh, if you stop at the convenience store or stop to get ice cream or something, they have some money to spend in their purse so that they don't uh, open the purse up and say, hey, I don't have any money in here. Who took all my money? You know, keep it simple. Do things that will make the process easier for you. Another thing that came up in in emails is um, I had someone who said their spouse wants to carry around an old pair of of car keys because they think that they are their car keys and that they want to have them so that they feel like they have the option of getting into a car and driving it. Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let them carry around house keys or car keys. Make sure you have Another set, make sure that there's nothing that has your address on it or anything like that. Um, but it might make that person feel comfortable and more safe believing that they have the ability to get into a car and drive away at some point in time. Sometimes just the effort to make them feel secure about something can keep that false accusation of you've taken my car um You stole my car. You've done this or that. Keep that kind of stuff at bay. And it will make them feel a little bit more safe with that process. And as much as you can, keep the person's environment familiar to them. If you have to make a change to their living arrangement or their house because it's in a horde situation Um, it's dirty or something like that try to make sure that you're surrounding them with things that they love, things that mean something to them it could be a favorite blanket it could be a photo album it could be just their wedding picture or something like that And so if you're, you know, even taking them someplace else to another location or something like that, pack up a few of the things that make them really comfortable if they're going to stay for more than one day. Don't put them in a stark room, you know, because they're visiting for the weekend or something like that. And then... Um, not have something in the room that they recognize because I'll tell you, that's when they'll say, you've you've kicked me out of my house. You're not going to let me go home. Um, I can't find my things. Where am I? Did you kidnap me? We get false accusations and paranoia and stuff like this all the time. All the time. So if you can, especially if they have come to stay at your home or something for a little while, designate an area in the home where you can place their personal items, make sure they are accessible, label them. This is mom's dish. This is dad's chair. Uh, Whatever you need to do to make them feel comfortable. Other things you could do, uh, I got a question about my dad keeps losing his glasses. So, if you can keep his house in a more tidy order, a clean environment will always help you to keep track of items a little bit easier. All you need is a little bit of clutter to screw all that up. So... Try to keep his home clean, keep the kitchen table clean, keep the end table next to his favorite chair clean so that he can always find those. And if that doesn't work, you can always get those. um, They're like cords. They're like little bands that you put on your glasses so that you can hang them around your neck so that he doesn't lose them constantly. Uh, Those kind of things help a lot. And especially if they're elderly, they won't mind so much. When we're younger, we don't want to wear a glasses holder, you know, because it makes us look 15 years older than we are. But if he keeps continuing to lose his glasses, um, maybe get a, a spare pair so that you can keep them in two places or just make sure that wherever he is laying them or keeping them, It's not mixed in with 15 other things on the table. People, we make this too hard. We make it too hard. We don't like the paranoia. We don't like the false accusations. They come up at the weirdest, weirdest times, and they come from fear and confusion. Fear and confusion is caused by a few things. People being in their... General circumference, uh, not liking to be around crowds, um, feeling uncomfortable with with who and who they're with and where they are. So here's an example. This is a, an email that I got. Somebody said my mom needs some new clothes, and I don't want to take her out because she gets disruptive sometimes. If we're at a mall or something like that. And um, she will say things to people with no filter on her mouth. But she needs some new clothes and you don't know exactly what size she wears. You need to try some things on her. All right. So here's a way to deal with that. First of all, go in the morning. There are very rarely a lot of crowds at a mall or a store in the morning as soon as they open. If there's, if you're going to go to a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls or something like that, try to go as soon as their doors open. That way, there's the least amount of people you can peruse around, watch your person so they don't pick something up and put it in a bag. Don't give them a great big bag to carry because they might put something in their bag and and not realizing, you know, uh, appear like they're shoplifting, and we don't want that to happen. But do as much as you can to eliminate the encounters with other human beings and uh, keep it as simple and fun as you can. And if you can throw in stopping for coffee before or after so that the person's in a good mood, you know, or maybe taking them to breakfast first or something like that, Um could make the whole whole time enjoyable. And try to pick just a few items for them to try on. Don't pick 15 things. Pick maybe three, and then you can get an idea of what size they might wear. Carry that item around with you so that you can judge other clothing pieces by it and hold it up and say, hey, do you like this shirt? And see how that shirt compares to the one that you tried on with them that did fit. That way they don't have to go in and try 10 things on. If you can find some things that will give you the basic fit and, and you know, shoulder width or pants or whatever that you can hold up to each other, it will make things much, much easier. And then they don't worry that you think they're fat, that you think that they're stupid, that you think that they uh, need to change their whole wardrobe. Oh, my goodness. Literally, the false accusations could go on and on and on. So do your best to make everything simplistic. The least amount of steps that you can possibly do. Okay? Okay? And like I was saying earlier, if you can get spare sets of important items for your person, like the eyeglasses I was talking about earlier or hearing aids, um, if you can do that and you can keep that extra set somewhere with you so that you have it, it will make the replacement of that object faster and easier across the board. And that's important to do because if they can't find it and they're starting to panic, you pull that extra, uh, extra item out of your purse or go get it out of your car and say, oh, hey, I found it. Here it is. So it's worth it to spend a little bit more money to get that extra hearing aid to get that extra pair of eyeglasses because they lose them all the time. They sit them down someplace and they don't remember where they put them. Short-term memory loss causes all kinds of problems and then guess what? You stole that object. So make it easier for yourself to try to do the best you can to keep spares on hand of all kinds of things. Okay? And... If your family member is feeling suspicious or nervous, again, try to redirect them to an engagement piece that they would enjoy. What is it? Is it their favorite show? Is it a smell in the kitchen? You can get candles that smell like um, baked bread or pie or cookies and things like that. Go in the kitchen and light a candle like that and let the aroma float through the room and bring them in and start talking to them about maybe some of the mail that they got that you could go through or can we make a list for the grocery store whenever they're feeling suspicious or nervous these are the kinds of things that can help if they love watching tv sports or whatever it is movies um, and you can use that as a redirection when they are angry or paranoid. Um, help Have them help you make popcorn to enjoy while you're watching the show, whatever it is. And before you ever discount what it is they're mad about, whatever it is they think you took, whatever paranoia is, is rearing its ugly head, check out the facts. Are were they? uh, You know, if they're missing money, were they a, a victim of a scam? Oh, it happens all the time. Money missing out of their bank account, and they think you took it. And maybe they just paid the ASCPA on TV. Uh, too much by by putting the decimal in the wrong place. Maybe somebody came to the door asking for a donation, and they gave them a very large donation. There could be reasons why they have money missing, and oftentimes it will be because of scams. So think about that. Try to try to figure out what happened to that money if it's missing out of their purse. Or if missing out of the bank account, what could they have spent it on? And maybe you could sit down and go over that um, that transaction list to see if something stands out to them. And say, well, mom, looks like you spent a little bit more at the grocery store this week. Uh, Dad, it looks like you bought a lot of cigars or whatever it was, you know. Um, so that way you have an answer to whatever accusations they've flung at you about money missing. So if it gets intense, how do you start the conversation? If they're accusing you of something that they think you've done or taken, the natural reaction for you is going to be to get defensive. And try to remember that the disease is robbing that person of their memory of their life of their normalcy of their judgment and reasoning and this might be a way that 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 person is trying to exert some control over the situation so try not to take it personally i can say that a thousand times but with all the the letters and things that i get emails that i get you guys take it personally all the time stop doing that it's the disease Instead of becoming defensive, what you need to do is reassure and validate that person's feelings. That you understand they might be sad about the fact that they're, they've lost some money, that some money is missing, but you didn't take it. Um, but encourage some positive thoughts. I might know where to look if some money is missing. Let's check your purse. Let's check your bank account. Let's see what I can do to help you. Use those positive positive words and put a really inclusive, thoughtful, sort of joyful spin on whatever the subject is so that you have a chance to win the conversation, not lose the argument. Okay? And again, if something's missing or... Gosh mom I forgot to tell you the other day you you gave a lot of money to charity I was going I was supposed to remind you I'm so sorry Yeah right that didn't ever actually happen who cares if they're feeling bad about money lost and why didn't somebody tell me oh my gosh I I saw you do that and I just forgot Use terms like this may be difficult for you. This must be difficult for you. But we'll get through it together. And, you know, things like, isn't it wonderful that we have each other and that I can help you out? This isn't a big deal. I'll I'll make it right. I'll help you fix whatever the problem is. Hey, I know you're upset. I'm sorry you're upset. Your doctor told you that you have memory loss. Here's your wallet. Here's your purse. I found it for you, okay? You can say things like, I understand that you're frustrated that you can't find your favorite earrings. It's upsetting when you think you've lost a a treasured possession. Let's go look for it together. I'll help you. It could have dropped on the floor. Maybe it's on a different different, uh, place. Maybe you put it in a different jewelry box. Let me help you look for it. If they're really upset with you, just say I know you're frustrated with me. Let me show you let me show you that your shoes are in the bedroom, your purse is, is sitting on the counter. Let me show you these things, okay? They might get upset about little things that could set them off to this paranoia and false conversations like the phone ring. oh my God, I know the phone ringing makes you nervous. I've asked the the pharmacy to call my number instead of yours. I will take care of everything. Don't worry about it. I'll get them to stop calling because I understand that makes you upset. You have to try to find ways to calm them and make them feel better about themselves and about the situation so that you can prevent these actions from occurring again and again and again. So if you need to keep a journal, are there days and times that these situations seem to show themselves more often? Is it, is it when somebody asks them a lot of questions and it makes them nervous? Is it a certain time of day when they seem to be uncomfortable? Later in the afternoon happens a lot for people. Um, If you keep notes, it might remind you that your person likes to play cards at a certain time of day. So – you know, take a take a deck with you next time you go to the doctor's office so that when the doctor's asking them a bunch of questions, you could start a game of solitaire or concentration or something and keep them occupied while that person is talking. And look for ways to help them maintain control as much as they can in their life and as much as they are capable of doing. You know, if you can keep summer clothes in the basement now because it's turning into fall everywhere um, and make sure that she knows that you're putting those clothes in the basement because she won't be needing them because we're not in summer anymore. And even ask that person to help you move those clothes. Those are the kind of things that can help them from feeling like they are losing their independence. That's really what this is all about. False accusations and paranoia are all about fear and them feeling like they are losing their independence. And we need to find ways to soothe that and make them feel better and help them to be more comfortable in their surroundings and the way you are working with them. Always act. Don't react. It will only make the situation worse. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about hiding and misplacing things, rummaging, and why they do those kinds of things, and even maybe uh, wandering if we have a little bit of time. We'll be right back.
2: Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders such as law enforcement, fire and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and others are approached with compassion and understanding and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training 303 420 6988 to schedule a class or in home assessment. Visit our website at dot com for more information.
0: Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz.
1: Okay, so I'm answering some listeners' emails and letters, and today i'm I'm trying to again for another show go through some of the questions you have and in the first half we were talking about false accusations and paranoia and hiding and misplacing things uh, rummaging through drawers and things like that have come up again and again and again why does it happen they get so mad when they've lost something, but they moved it. And maybe now you don't know where it is. Or maybe they just forgot where they put it and it's hiding in plain sight. Things like this happen all the time. All the time. So when does this happen? Well, I had a lady who wrote me and said that her and her husband moved in with their in-laws. And They learned really early on that they couldn't leave their mother-in-law home by herself because when they went to church, when they'd come back, she'd have put all the trash in the recycling bin and vice versa. And one time they got home and she had taken all of the teaspoons out of the drawer and hidden them. And the person that wrote the letter said, We looked everywhere. Literally everywhere for them. Then three or four days later, they were back in the drawer where they belong. She said, I never know what tomorrow will bring, but we try to find the humor in it. (laughs) Well, I found that one particularly interesting because sometimes they will take things away thinking that you want them. And again that they hold some value that maybe they don't. Like this is my mom's utensils and silverware, like real silverware, when actually it's just a pick-a-mix of things that have been put in the drawer over time or something that was bought at the grocery store when they had a sale on you know, dishes and utensils and things like that at one time. They're not really of value, but that person thinks they are. And you can look and look and look, and the whole time they put something somewhere where they don't want you to find it, and then they bring it back later. Why do they do that? Well, I think sometimes when people hide things, they may not realize what those items are or that they belong to someone else or... They're thinking that they're more important than they are, but I don't think they're intentionally trying to hide important items such as silverware. (laughs) But because of the disease process, uh, in this particular case, the woman didn't understand And it just seemed like, well, I want to make sure that I have a spoon to stir my coffee. So I'm going to take all of these spoons, even if it makes zero sense to us, and hide them somewhere so that I make sure I have a spoon when I need one. And then they don't remember where they put it. They're not trying to agitate you, but they think They need it for a purpose later. If we try to make sense of this (laughs) for too long, we're going to lose our minds ourselves. Y'all would not believe how many times I have family members tell me they think they're losing their mind because they are living with somebody who does things like this. And it's disturbing, and it starts making you think maybe there's something wrong with you. Honestly, though, rummaging through cupboards and drawers is something that people with various dementias do out of boredom. They might feel a sense of loss, a big sense of loss sometimes, and might react to that sense of loss by searching for things. And then when they find something they find interesting, they grab it and they put it someplace else. They hide it. And in their confusion, they may demonstrate the emotional loss that they feel, if that makes any sense to you. The sadness that they feel, the worry, the anxiety that they feel. And they may be hoarding or hiding things in an effort just to keep those possessions safe because, again, they don't feel safe. They think people are stealing items from them. They think that, that you are taking their money. And we, we're trying to figure out this out the best we can. But I think the biggest thing is that We need to understand that an unmet need might contribute to their actions. So trying to understand the cause behind them taking that spoon might help you deal with the issue. Ask, are you worried that you won't have a spoon if you want to stir your coffee or eat some soup? I'll make sure that we have spoons in the drawer if that will make you feel better. Think about the way that you can deal with the emotion of whatever it is they're dealing with, not the actual symptom. Can you tell me why you feel anxious? Can you tell me why you feel sad? Do you feel like you're a little bit out of control? Can you tell me how that feels? Use yes or no questions to help them to communicate better with you because they can talk to you about their emotional state all day long, but they may not be able to explain to you why they moved a certain item to a certain place. So again, if those items go missing, Just react calmly. They will have either forgotten that they moved them in the first place or forgotten where they put them. And if you question them about that object being missing, they might become angry, anxious, upset that you're accusing them unfairly of taking something that belongs to them. Why shouldn't they take it and hide it? And just... Try to accept and um, embrace the idea that maybe they're just trying to keep those items safe and then together you can look for those items and try to think of if they're hiding all the spoons, where might they put them? (laughs) I know, I know, things get weirder by the day. These are difficult things that that interrupt our day and suddenly we're the victim of circumstance and the recipient of their anger when they can't find something that they moved, that they hid. So one of the things you can do is try to keep a regular routine. Give your person things to do during the day that reinforce that routine. So... If you're always having lunch at 11.30, make sure that you have lunch ready by 11.30 every day. It could be a different thing that you have every day, but um, you still have lunch at that same time. If they are used to watching a show at 10 a.m., it doesn't matter if they watch the same show just as long as they watch a show at 10 a.m. If they're used to taking a shower in the morning, Be over there in the morning to give them a shower at the time they usually do that. Don't try and do it several hours later in the afternoon. You will not be successful. So routines are crazy important. I've said this over and over and over. Um, Other routines that could be important, um, allowing them to have some, some responsibility, let them feed the dog or cat. Okay, ask for their assistance in caring for the family animal. They could feed them, they can walk them, and if they do have that happen at the same time each day, we're going to feed them at 7 a.m., we're going to feed them at 5 p.m., we're going to go for a walk at 9 a.m., we're going to go for a walk at at 4 p.m., whatever it is but allow them to be a part of that care for that animal because it makes them feel important it helps with their their dignity it helps with their quality of life and it can keep them from uh you know having these struggles with with all these different issues and, you know, the hiding and misplacing things. We can redirect, 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 and institute that routine to keep some of those anxiety issues, anxiety symptoms at bay. The more you can do to keep everything copacetic, keep everything amiable, to keep them as happy as you possibly can, will be crazy valuable and keep them from feeling suspicious, angry, and lost within themselves, okay? And for goodness sakes, lock up any valuables, uh, jewelry, checkbooks, important papers, keys, credit cards, um, install, you know, those kids' locks on cupboards and drawers if necessary so that if you have like other people coming into the house, caregivers and things like that, you can say to your person, oh, no, don't worry. They didn't steal your checkbook. I locked it up in the safe. I know where it is. I'll, I'll get it out and show it to you next time I'm there. Okay, these are some of the biggest things that they get really upset about: money missing out of their purse, their their wedding ring missing, and things like that. So if you know they're taking it off, put it someplace where you can uh, make sure that it's safe, that it's locked up, and get to it when they want it again, so that they don't blame everybody and the mailman for something missing. Okay, and speaking of that, keep your keep an eye on your daily mail. If important mail starts to disappear, um, and that happens a lot, can't find the bills, and they they pulled them out of of the post box, and then they brought them into the house, and somehow they're missing, it happens all the time. So maybe you should get a post office box or change the address of the important items to come to your home. If, it's a, if you're in a situation of you're caring for a family member you don't live with, um, ha, reroute their electric bill and their phone bill and everything to you so that you can get those bills and then go over and work with them and help them with paying those bills. This is really important for these important items because they get lost. They get misplaced. It is important. And a lot of times... People will rummage. I get a lot of letters about this. They're always going through drawers and throwing everything on the floor. And I walk in and it's an absolute mess. And I put it all back and they do it again. Why do they do that? Well, I will tell you, I think you should encourage positive rummaging. Put together a purse with lots of things that that person might want a piece of jewelry, their lipstick, a hairbrush, uh, some money, um, you know, just some things that that they might want uh, to find. They might find interesting and put it in a purse so that your person can go through the purse and kind of rummage through there. Um, Use a toolbox with nuts and bolts, maybe for someone, I don't want to be sexist, Sexist, So maybe uh, someone that is just into DIY projects or was always a person that was fixing things around the house, uh, make sure that you have a toolbox that's full of of all these nuts and bolts and, you know, measuring tape and uh, hammer and nails or whatever you want that they can go through when they need something to do with their hands. Um, find a set of cards or poker chips and ask your person to organize or sort them by suit or color. Have your spouse sort a drawer of socks and find the match pairs. Make it an activity, not a disruption. Make it fun, not frustration. So if you can help them to take a really super messy drawer and try to put matches together or fold their underwear or, you know, whatever it is, that's going to make it so much easier. Um, I used to use a junk drawer and let my mom just rummage through and see what goodies she could find. What had we thrown into that junk drawer? that could be something fun for her to play with. We would find dice. We would find a sewing needle and thread. We would find ties. We found batteries. We found all kinds of things in this junk drawer. (laughs) We found coupons uh, for ice cream. So we'd go out for ice cream, things like that. Other things you can do is keep an eye on the person and see if, if... They are hiding things while you're there. Maybe just sit in a chair and act like you're not paying any attention and see what they do. Where are they going? Are they getting up and walking into the bedroom? Did they take an item with them? If you can, sneak up behind them and see where they're putting that object. So the next time he can't find his hearing aid, you'll know where to look. And again, I told you in the earlier segment... To make a journal, if you make a journal on that, um, it will benefit other family members and friends who are over who may be looking for something. And chances are if they put something in one place, they'll continue to put other items in that place as well. So, you know, if they're hiding things and it becomes a big problem, another thing you could do is install surveillance cameras throughout the house. Uh, Ring, the Ring system is affordable and very easy for you to install with cameras in several places. It doesn't cost that much and it would be super effective If you continue to find things missing out of the cabinets, they're losing their purse and things like that, you can look and watch them. Sometimes you can do it on real time or you can just go back and look at the video later. But those camera systems are really, really good to help alleviate some of those issues of them taking things and putting them places where you can't find them. It's not terrible to record the person and see a little bit of what they're doing. It can give you great insight into sort of the destruction and impairment of the brain and um, help you to understand when they're making certain actions and give you at least an opportunity to to see what they're doing and try to figure out why they just did something they just did. Maybe it's never going to make sense, but at least you can watch it on video and have a better glimpse into their world and their confusion so that you you approach this with compassion and understanding and not frustration and anger and anxiety. That doesn't help anybody. Okay? And... Another thing, uh, this was always important to us, check the trash before you put it out, okay? Then you don't have to worry about the stress of an important item, mail, uh, you know, objects being thrown away. And if you can, keep the trash cans covered and out of sight, like maybe under a, in, inside a cabinet or under under a table or something so that they're not constantly throwing things in the trash without you seeing. Um, oh, remote controls, they are the worst. Uh, we lose remote controls like we're never going to get another one back. I swear to God. So be sure to label them. This is the TV room remote control. This is the bedroom remote control. Um and that might help you if they get legs and walk out of a room because I'll tell you what, things like that, again, happen all the time, and then the TVs get messed up, and they're frustrated because they can't watch, you know, The Price is Right at 10 a.m., and you can't find the remote. So when all this is happening, how do you... Start the conversation again. How do you talk with them about it? When they're missing something, they panic and they're frustrated, and that is, quite frankly, a natural response. Okay, It's up to you, because you're the one of sound mind, to maintain your composure and try not to show your frustration or your irritation. Here we go again something's lost something important is lost and they think I took it um, your person could become anxious they have no memory or understanding of of why something is missing or what it is it's missing and again it's easier to just apologize and take the blame and redirect them into some good fun activity that you know they're going to enjoy and then say hey I'm sorry we can't find your book I'll look for it later Um, I'm sure it will turn up, but right now, why don't we watch this show? Why don't we go in and get this, get some lunch made, okay? Um, you could say things like, I probably misplaced the remote control myself, but don't worry, I'll find it. I'll look for it. I won't leave until I find it. Um, hey, it looks like you're looking for something in the drawer. Can I help you? You know, you were going to... You were going to um, sort your socks, but you've opened a different drawer, and it looks like you found some other things. Do you need any help putting all this away, or was there something you're specific you were looking for? Can I help you with that? Um, hey, your scarf's not in this drawer. Why don't we Why don't we go take a walk for a little while, and we'll come back and look for it later? I'm sorry that it's missing. Uh, Don't worry. I know it's important to you. Deal with the emotion of it, not the actual symptom itself. Um, If you think they're going to need something later and you're going for that walk, you could say, hey, why don't you leave your glasses on the dresser? Um, And when we get back, we'll know where they are. Maybe they'd be willing to do that. Let's grab your sunglasses instead, instead because it's sunny outside. I want to make sure that you can see. and, and uh, So we'll grab your sunglasses instead. Let's leave your reading glasses here. Um, you know, somebody said to me, my mom could not find her makeup compact. Um, hey, if you are looking for it and you can never find it, just go to the store and get a new one. Treat him to a new compact so that she can put on her blush and do the things that she wants to do and just make it fun. Let's go to the makeup store and get some new colors or something like that. I would love to see a new blush on your face. Um, that lipstick you bought before was so pretty. We can go get you a new one. Things like that. Go with it. Make it simple. So... If I can help you at all to prevent the frustration of losing items, set aside time to organize the place. Straighten cupboards. Declutter drawers. Keep only the essential things that you need in that person's space. Take time to donate unused items to charity. They always need it. And keep that person's area a clutter-free environment. It's hard to remove things, but it's better to do it when they are there with you, and you can keep redirecting and redirecting if they get anxious and angry, but it may need to get done. So if you can, plan out meaningful activities For that person, something you know will matter to them, their favorite music, their favorite show, their favorite smells, whatever it is, and try to avoid boredom. That's where a lot of this comes from. You know, assign your person simple household tasks like dusting furniture or folding clothes or taking a walk or putting pictures in a scrapbook, a schedule and a routine will help you keep that person engaged. Again, I, I say it and I have to say it again, I'll say it one more time because routines are crazy important. And all of this is gonna help your person to be successful in their environment. Labeling drawers, cupboards, if you can't if they don't understand words, uh, take a picture of what's inside the cupboard and put it on the outside of the cupboard, okay? And do it maybe when they're resting or sleeping, and then they won't freak out as much that you're doing it. If you think that it would be beneficial to help have them help you, then... Use cues and say, hey, why don't we put this picture on this cupboard? And why don't you open the cupboard and make sure this is exactly what's in there. Are the plates in there? Yes, they are. Great. Here's some tape. Do you want to tape this up there? Make it a meaningful activity. These are the kind of things that happen to us every day. I get emails constantly And I know that you all know this, but the problem is that you forget these things. And when you forget them, you become overwhelmed. And when you become overwhelmed, they become unhappy. And when they are unhappy, you are unhappy. And when they are frustrated, you are frustrated. And vice versa, when you set the emotional tone, when you are carefree, when you are thoughtful, when you are compassionate and loving and willing to help They will feed off of that energy. So it is super important to remember that your demeanor speaks volumes when you're with that person. And they can feel your love and they can feel your anger. They can feel your calmness and they can feel your anxiety. And that is one of the few gifts that these various dementias give us is that with short-term memory, we can direct them easily and get them to think about something else for a few minutes or we can set that emotional tone. We can work towards making them feel better and that we understand that emotion that they are feeling and we're going to do the best we can to... Alleviate whatever anxiety and sadness and and frustration and anger they have so that we can eliminate the false accusations and the paranoia and the hiding objects and the misplacing things and so on and so forth. Okay, my friends, it's been fun talking to you. I hope you got something out of today's podcast, and I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience
0: with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at Summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Joe Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.